Hey, we're almost to the Northern Air Temple. This is where they had the championships for Sky Bison Polo. Do you think we'll really find airbenders? You want me to be like you or totally honest? Are you saying I'm a liar? I'm saying you're an optimist. Same thing, basically. Radio Hotman. Welcome to the Ember Island podcast. This is a podcast where two fans of Avatar The Last Airbender sit and talk about every single episode. I'm Leslie. And I'm Barbara. And today we will be covering book one, chapter 17, The Northern Air Temple. So before we get started, do you want to talk about our spoiler policy? Yes. So... Avatar The Last Airbender came out in two th- in in 2005. That was more than a decade ago. You have had time to watch this series. Uh, we will be not only talking about things that happen this episode, but things that happen in past and future episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender all the way through book three. So, heavy, heavy spoilers ahead. Maybe not super heavy for this episode, but but if you haven't watched Avatar, the, the, the Last Airbender, one, why are you listening to us? Go and watch it. And two, go and watch it. Yeah. All right. Cool. You've had time. So, um... I like this episode. It's not one of my favorites, but um, I like the message that it has, or like the theme of like the preserving... zebra hermit crab. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the hermit crab metaphor of preserving the past versus uh, progress um, when the past things are no longer relevant. Is um, it a metaphor when they just tell you it? Mm, well, I mean, they still use the hermit crab. Or would it be like a like fable, like an like uh, an Aesop's fable <laughs> ending? But there was no like dire consequence for doing one thing or the other for a character, uh, and ooh. like Aesop's fables tend to have. Although, I mean, uh, I well talking about dire consequences. Oh, um, we will like get into this later. Well, yeah. but the body count for this episode. Oh, I know. I'm like, you're telling me nobody died? <laughs> like, oh, come on. Oh, oh, like, okay, oh, the oh, there like, is a no, moment. They died. Uh, there is a moment at the end, and we will, like, get to this again. <laughs> but Aang is like, they're retreating! And I'm like, no, they're no, dead. No, they fucking died. <laughs> uh, okay, Aang, glad we're on the same page about so that. Passive, and you just took out an army. Right? I'm like, those were uh, cliff faces that those people fell off of? I don't think everybody made it. <laughs> you you only caused a tiny avalanche. <laughs> you only took out most of them. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, okay. I I I remember this episode being cooler for some reason. <laughs> uh I've I I I really think that it's that it was like twelve year old me being like, oh my god, they're all flying on gliders. This is so cool, steampunk woo. Which 
Which, not to say this episode isn't good, but I just remember it being so much cooler when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, this has always been the episode that I forget about, which yeah. I hate to say, because I think there's some good parts of this episode, but I still find myself forgetting about it. Like, when we started this podcast and I was going down the line of all the things we get to cover, I probably skipped over this one i totally probably. forgot and i got to 19 of book one and i was like wait i thought there were 20 episodes in book <laughs> book one which one am i missing it's like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> northern air temple yeah. so it sucks because again i think it has a, a cool theme but i don't think it was explored too much maybe that's my problem with it to the point where i sort of forget yeah. about this episode well, it is it is really hard to to do such a large theme in a in a 20 minute episode um like um this well well no because because during the storm they they did a really kind of cerebral lofty theme oh yeah comparing two so different around. characters come Com comparing their 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 past, comparing their faults, comparing their like dreams and fears, and they ended up doing that in like twenty minutes. So yeah, uh, agreed. Maybe. So, yeah, I'm not quite if, sure. I can't. If they didn't have the fight scene at the end, they might have had mm -hmm. more time, and and Aang would have killed less people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Definitely that. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, for those of you like me who forgot about this episode, what happened? Likely, yeah. What happened this episode? <laughs> so, yeah, in case you forgot about it, like I did personally, um, this episode is the one where the gang travels to the Northern Air, Air Temple after hearing rumors that um, air nomads may still exist. But it turns out it's not air nomads and it's actually a bunch of Earth Kingdom refugees who have um, made Players. the Northern Air Temple their home. And Aang now has to grapple with the fact that now that new people have taken over, the old histories and, and past culture of the air nomads that are represented in this temple are being taken over for in, in the name of, of progress and a new people who don't see all of um, airbending culture or air nomad culture is relevant per se, but not in a uh, antagonistic way or anything. Just the fact that, you know, well, we got to survive. So time to take over parts of the temple that are no longer productive to us sort of deal. So, um, Along the way, they meet this nutty professor dude. Um, or I think he's called the mechanic. I don't think he has a name. The mechanic. They, yeah, so he they, creates, they never like, say these, his name. Yeah. But he creates all these cool inventions and stuff. And like they made um, air gliders that are kind of like um, Aang's glider and stuff. But then they learn that he's actually making weapons for the Fire Nation because uh, the Fire Nation would destroy their new home otherwise so it's up to the gang and the refugees to team up and 
beat the fire people. <laughs> Wonderful summary that was. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the episode. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm looking it, it up now, and I think his name is 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 just the mechanic, even though they named Teo. Yeah, or Teo. Teo. Just the mechanic. Cool. So I guess I'll just call him the mechanic from here on out, yep. and actually write yep. down his the name. mechanic. That is what that is what the Avatar wiki says. <laughs> especially weird because he comes back in like the day of black sun episodes and i don't think he has a name then uh, either so yeah it is it is quite weird because because they normally name characters even if they are only there for a moment mm -hmm. but if because oh did it... oh i was gonna say did the fortune teller have a name and i forgot it was aunt uh, yeah madam Wu. yeah yeah, you're uh, right. So they usually name everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so uh the medicine woman uh tells us her name. We know we also know her 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 uh, her um cat's name, Miyuki, even though I like I don't remember yeah, her. The cat name, even has a name. But I definitely <laughs> remember Miyuki. <laughs> Who gets in trouble with 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 the with the Fire Nation a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, he is he he's just the he's just the mechanic. Huh. Yep, sounds about right. Okay, so uh so uh episode episode starts. Um there is a there 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 is a storyteller that is that is telling us that is telling a like kind of horror kind of just like period piece tale about if you think you see a flying talking bird it might not be a bird it might be a man and that man might be just like you which for Ooh. some reason made me think of superman <laughs> okay is it a bird <laughs> is it a plane <laughs> no it's superman <laughs> But um, not the Henry Cavill one because I don't like Henry Cavill. I don't think um, he can act, <laughs> well, or he's not a very engaging actor. I'd well, prefer really stick with Christopher good at punching things and standing there and wearing <sighs> clothing and not wearing clothing. Not... <laughs> nice. Okay, so uh, yeah. So, so my note was: How are they broke all the time? Because, because Sokka likes meat. I'm sorry, but again, it goes back to nobody's phased at all that Aang is the Avatar. I mean, he's the oh. equivalent of a celebrity in this, and nobody <laughs> gives them money. Oh, wait. Oh, later. I have a note. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, they are always broke. They are <laughs> they are always just walking around. Um, Sokka only has lint and a bug. Yeah. That's like, it. What are you doing? And it goes, it's also me being mad at Boomy to some extent, too. It's like, how much money did you give them on their way out? Like, $5? <laughs> well, like, um, well, Aang, Aang did barter for, for, for a, for a really nice hat and, <sighs> and for a bison whistle. Man, they need a financial planner because they don't know what they're doing with their money, clearly. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, for 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 some reason, I think that they get better out of money once um once um Toph shows up because yeah. they don't really talk about being being dirt poor. No. And I and I am my guess sure is Toph became the financial planner since yes because being because, because she was raised to to be learned to 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 know numbers to run a household mm. and like even if she really doesn't like want to you 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 like she's not stupid she she still picked it up yeah she just chooses not to use it <laughs> as yeah. oh, um, guys you know we are not super enthused with an episode <laughs> we just keep on talking about <laughs> other things oh, okay God. Um, uh, so, uh, so, uh, okay, so Aang's enraptured by the stories of the air nomads, and he goes to thank the dude for telling that story about something that he thought must have happened hundreds of years ago. He's like, what are you talking about? Uh, my granddad saw him last week, so should go check him out. So So we gave Aang hope. Yeah. So the gang's freaking out. It's like, holy crap, we gotta go see if they're actual air nomads and the northern air temple so they go katara and, uh, says do you, do you think we'll really find airbenders Sokka says uh do you want me to be like you or be honest are you saying i'm a liar i'm saying you're an optimist same thing really yeah Which, oh, Sokka, Sokka the cynic at it again Sokka, Sokka the cynic after my own heart Yep. I actually now, quote that a lot. Uh, <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. You're an optimist. Same thing, really. <laughs> uh, the more uh, that I that that I'm watching like um like earlier seasons, the more I'm starting to really love Sokka. Not 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 that later on like I didn't love Sokka. It is it is just that he is more of a subtle understated character where where like the bigger, louder, louder people, Zuko, Iroh, Azula, kind of, kind of. Well, I think he's definitely loud, but I think it's because he's a cynic that I didn't really fully appreciate the beauty that is Sokka until you're older. Oh, yeah, it's kind of similar to like when I watched SpongeBob. Like I loved SpongeBob, and my favorite character for was was patrick for the longest time but then going back and rewatching, you're like squidward well, yeah it's squidward <laughs> all the way <laughs> yeah it's like you get more cynical and it's like watching zootopia my favorite character wasn't judy it was nick <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, i'm a sucker for cynics i guess mm-hmm. you know absolutely uh when i go back and watch um beauty and the beast i am always like gaston you're so cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm rooting for the villain. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you want to marry him? Look at his arms. Yeah. He will... He will protect you from the French Revolution that will happen in about ten years. Plus, he's especially good at expectorating. Yeah. My! my <laughs> that's an SAT word. That cast on. Yeah. yeah they were using some sat words in those old days pretty great expectorating <laughs> like yeah <laughs> um 
So anyway, they get to the Northern Air Temple, which is very similar to the Southern Air Temple, except the roofs are like green, but they're both perched on mountains, which makes sense because they're like located in uh, a pole, whether it's the North or the South Pole. Um, also, um, oh, that's all I had on that, but the, <laughs> the Northern Air Temple looks cool. Yeah, it does. Um, also, um, also yet again, you, you, um, you, um, can, you can clearly see the path up to the temple, which, 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 which makes you think, yeah, these, these people could very easily feasibly get here, which we will see later with the, with, with, with the Fire Nation army also walking up the mountain. And it's, and it doesn't seem like it's a really, really tall mountain, just, just because it didn't take the, the, uh, the Fire Nation soldiers that long to kind of combine together and to, and, 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 um, and, um, and to start walking up kind of like a day, day and a half trip, maybe. Yeah. Um, so the way that the Northern Air Temple it's framed there's like smoke coming out of it and stuff so immediately to it's, Aang, so cool. it's kind of jarring um Aang's like dang it why is it every temple we go to <laughs> something horrible happened to it yeah but to uh, me the smoke it is done in such a way where it kind of reminds me of um uh, uh of um howl's moving castle oh yeah i kind of get that vibe i honestly wouldn't be surprised because they the creators of the show are obsessed with Miyazaki. Yeah. But that said, I don't think, I think Howl's Moving Castle came out after Avatar, or at least after this season. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it came out in like 2007 or something like that. But anyway. um, Or maybe Miyazaki got the idea from them. Ooh. <laughs> Who knows? A very uh, subtle artistic choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I have to give props to Aang. There's some nice character progression here, I thought, where, um, you know, instead of, yeah, Aang freaks out about the fact that people have overtaken uh, his people's temple. But uh, at the same time, he doesn't, like, rage or hulk out or go into the avatar state over it, which no, he just I passed. feel like, yeah, which I, I get the feeling that he might have had it been back in like episode three if he uncovered oh, that yeah. same information yeah totally yeah he's calmly pissed if you will i mean oh, even though he does take out a wall yeah i mean <laughs> this is the best thing that could have happened for the temple there are still people using it there mm-hmm. are there are still people using air to glide around without any any, any safety harnesses and just like holding on wow but um yeah <laughs> really though uh, really but uh, but um but um this is kind of the best way that that this area could be used i mean i i i mean compared to the southern air air temple we saw uh where it was empty just full of corpses just full of sadness here mm. it is full of life. Yes, they and are spirit, they are changing if you will. Things. Yeah, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. They are changing things. They are. They are destroying previous history. But 
they're making a new history on top of it and and they're not like actively desecrating the areas like it lake it seems like they're still trying to be as like as like respectful as they can they just don't know what these things mean because everyone's dead and Aang's culture has been wiped out yeah gosh that's sad um also for some reason i don't think there are there are really like air nation books it like it doesn't seem like we ever see ang getting getting like air nation scrolls doing anything of that sort it seems like it's all a like like it's all like it's all an oral tradition correct me listener if i'm wrong but but that makes it a bit more sad where yeah it is a little bit yeah where um where they where where they're kind of like writing their history down on walls and tables and in statues and not on paper and and kind of because of that the the people that like come across it you 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 um you um can see something but you won't really know the full one the full like one 100% story and mm-hmm. the full significance unless well i get the sense you know it I get the sense just writing things down like that uh, is just not a big thing in this world, period. Because, I mean, like, when yeah. Katara gets that waterbending scroll, it's treated as a big deal. And apparently it's a super rare object. So I, it kind of implies that, yeah, nobody really documents that sort of thing or, like, bending techniques and things like that. And, like, they get to the library, which is the only library or anything representing, uh, like, a library yeah. or a place with a bunch of tomes and scrolls and stuff really at all <laughs> so well um, um well paper- except for i mean there is one in bossing say but it's most likely very censured <laughs> so. <Ooh. laughs> yeah no um well um well uh well paper was very expensive to make um uh i i i um i believe that that uh that chinese and japanese cultures didn't use vellum in in like in instead they use either silk or paper or paper pulp uh just because they 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 didn't really have the like really large calf animals to kind of get like so much so much vellum from so 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 that was a really tedious way to kind of make paper to to like do anything like that um really really expensive um uh back in back like way back like 1600s uh 1500s the only people that really had books were really wealthy because uh be be because they didn't have the printing press for a very long time so before then every single book had to be written by hand um monks uh one of one of their like biggest jobs was was um was um to just copy down scripture 
Um, that is also one of one of the reasons when you see really, really old books, they look super, super ornate and they're all like gold embossed and there's a and there's a bunch of fancy illustrations. The reason why that was was because someone was doing that by hand and and this was their life's work and this and this was putting food on their table every single day because the person that hired them to do this was so wealthy that they could. It wasn't that like the it like it wasn't that the the the, the common person had these books. So 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 I would totally guess that like books would be rare. But it's also really sad because all of the air nomads were desecrated. And and I'm and like maybe there were books, but the Fire Nation just burned them. I don't know. Like it's just really sad when you mm. when you think about it. That was my aside about how um how um ex how like expensive books are. The printing press was was the best thing that has ever been invented. That and sliced yeah. bread. But a lot of wealthy people didn't like it because it meant oh great the common folk get to have access to the stuff that we do so yeah the uh, common folk equality. get bibles now how no. dare they <laughs> who says this podcast can't be educational hmm. but, which made which made people literate which made people be more like politicized which changed everything yay america yay. freedom freedom everywhere yeah. literacy is super important guys <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, uh, okay. um, Aang challenges a kid flying around on his makeshift glider to a with the fakest contest. laugh ever. Ha 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 ha! Gravity. He is he is like Mandark from Oh God. From, 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 from. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna do that laugh too much because it's annoying as hell. <laughs> Mandark. Um. Yeah. Aang um, was being a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you're Wait. hey, you're pretty good. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow, thanks. That's how you really feel. Um <laughs> yeah. So yay, spirit. So they touch down. Um after 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 both of them show off super cool tricks. Yeah. Um yeah. So turns out this kid's name is is Teo. Um, he's actually in a wheelchair, so he's got like this really cool makeshift glider thing that attaches to his wheelchair. It's really Super neat. Cool. Which um props to this show just across the board as far as representation goes, which this show is kind of it feels like ahead of its time since it's like now we make a big deal about you know representation in the media and stuff uh, like that. But I mean this show was kind of doing it before okay. that big debate was really happening, happening, so to speak, I think. Like, I mean, how it's representation of women and people with disabilities and people and stuff, of color. Right? I mean, like and people, there of are people, yeah, people of color. Yeah, people that are all oh, that are all yeah. different colors. Nobody's really nobody's white on this show. The show, like, I mean, the northern and southern water tribes. I think they're supposed to be like Inuit, Inuit. people, and then um, Fire Nation. I think everybody's supposed to be like Japanese, Japanese. Uh, Earth Kingdom, Chinese, like Chinese. And air nomad like Tibetan monks. Tibetan style monks. Yeah. So 
that's pretty cool. And then like when writing women and people of color and like people with disabilities like Teo and, and Toph, they're not defined solely they, by the fact that they're women they're or solely by the fact that they have a disability or something. They are they are just people. They aren't the mm -hmm. like they they're not the token person that is that is there because we need the episode about like acceptance. Right. <laughs> yeah. It is we it, after school special them because they're awesome oh and God. because they have personalities and they have hopes and dreams. Mm -hmm. like, and they are just like everyone else. And super they're cool. Yeah. And like part of me <laughs> loves the jokes where you know like everyone forgets that Toff's blind because she is defined defined more by more than her blindness no, which no. is the trap that her parents fall into where they coddle her and stuff because she's blind so i i would say that 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 um that um toff is isn't defined by her blindness but by her like amazing earthbending skill oh, where she kills it a, and also yeah, and it's she's kind a of a, yeah that and it's kind of a case of uh here we go with the daily game of thrones um comet it's a very game of thrones-esque thing where um they take what is considered in that society to be a disability and uses it to her advantage like because she's blind she's able to more accurately sense what's going on in the earth and stuff which makes her a badass earthbender so makes her a, makes her a badgermal yeah makes her essentially makes her a badgermal yeah. <laughs> um i mean she learned from and the badger badger molds do not give a shit no <laughs> she certainly doesn't yeah. and it's great so uh yeah teo is a spirited wow spirited, spirited kid i guess i'm gonna be using spirit a lot they yeah. use spirit a lot in this episode to be fair um it is almost hope but it's not hope yeah this is, <laughs> this is ang's version of hope yeah <laughs> at least for this episode it's spirit um yeah so teo gives them a tour around the temple and Aang is pretty petrified, horrified uh, by what he sees. Yeah. Which, from Aang's perspective, yeah, some of it looks pretty bad. This, <laughs> like this place is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's like just unbelievable. I know, yeah, right? Like, it's so it's so cool. No, <laughs> no, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like there's pipes jutting out of. Uh, mosaics and smoke coming out of statues it doesn't look good from ang's perspective and it's it's understandable it's an understandable perspective i mean that's hard you come back to what was a part of you somehow culturally and only to find that it's been changed or just ignored or removed completely like that's tough i mean it is it is it is also a thing where uh where Aang might have seen this place last week. Not last week, but like the week before he got mm -hmm. trapped in the iceberg. Like uh the the uh the changes that happened, it is uh it is a lot more prominent to him and it is a lot more I would say scary when it happens to somewhere where you're really familiar with i mean i am sure that he that he doesn't really realize the 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 changes that that happened to kyoshi island the the uh the changes that happened to 
to to maybe some of the like smaller smaller villages that he's that he's visited because he didn't really have a emotional attachment to to those places but like when you see it is it, it is like walking into your and it's like walking into your childhood home but someone else moved in and, mm-hmm. and and like all of the furniture is different and everything's rearranged and like that was where yeah. your dad's your your like dad's um dad's chair was but like your dad is isn't is isn't there anymore and now everything's really sad yeah that and just he's also the last airbender i mean title plug which i mean that is heavy stuff so uh, aside from having to deal with being the avatar and all that pressure he's also have he has the added pressure of having to try to preserve the little of his culture that he there is and he's the only one left to really be able to do so which is i I think something that and i think that comes into more prominence in uh cora actually Mm -hmm. when ang's son tenzin is basically forced to figure that out which i think that mess this theme kind of gets explored a little bit more in in cora from tenzin's perspective Mm. which is nice and uh of course that happens in book three which is the best season <laughs> of Korra, in my opinion, but um, which I have never seen. Yep. We will get there eventually. Yeah, um, yeah. So that and like, I mean, it's a pretty universal theme. I think in many respects, it's kind of like adaptations of anything. You know, seeing your baby, like maybe you read the book of something, and then you see it get adapted, and they had to change things because either things were no longer relevant or because film is like a different medium you have to change things and that can hurt your heart a little bit a uh, more recent example the i think of harry the last potter jedi movie. which what the new harry potter movie <laughs> Why as of this recording barbara has PTSD. <laughs> barbara's not happy about the new fantastic beast movie the second movie as of this recording she's not a happy camper but oh, uh, for oh. me uh a more recent example for me, I think, was probably The Last Jedi, which I think hit a lot of people for better yeah. or for worse. Like, I'm one of the people who does not mind this movie. I enjoyed it. I think there are parts that are great, and I think there are parts that are really stupid, like the casino. But uh, long story short, I think it was hard for some people because they totally dismantle what it means Luke to... Luke Skywalker have, like, acts yeah. like a dick. Mm-hmm. the force and who is able to control the to have the force or like who's able to really be able to rise up and stuff just kind of dismantling those childhood figures and themes and, and messages them. and just breaking it down or letting the past die if you will <laughs> according to um kylo and it's tough stuff but in a way i personally found it refreshing because it was being I felt the movie in that regard was being kind of progressive and trying to not tread the same water that's been tread for, in my opinion, the previous six, six, no, wait, seven movies. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> seven movies and trying to hit new ground and then really take a different look on uh, philosophies and characters that we are already familiar with and see a different side of them, which I'd yeah (laughs) so I mean everybody kind of has that moment where or has experienced that moment where they are 
disheartened to find that the things that they loved, whether it's culturally or, um, or like book wise or friendship wise, even or anything or going on in society has been changed in the name of progress for better or for worse. So, yeah. And the question is how far is too far uh, either one way or the left or, or, um, like how, I mean, how important is it to preserve the past versus how important is it to push forward? When does taking either side too much become detrimental? You know, yeah. So. When does, when, when does keeping on with, with like previous cultures, previous histories, prevent progress and when does and when does progress totally dis- dismantle those things where is the balance mm-hmm. in that and, and actually, uh, i have not seen cora but that seems like the major theme of cora am i right uh i wouldn't in say maybe, i'd say parts of it yeah and i think a lot of people have issues with cora in a way that's kind of similar to the criticisms of last jedi which should be interesting to get into that when we get to Korra. Mm-hmm. But well, um well talking about progress. Uh so uh, uh uh so uh Teo Teo tries to tries to bring Aang to places that have that have, that have not been been uh, been changed by the by the um by the refugees. So then they go outside to this to to, to this beautiful courtyard that is that's filled with 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 all with all these airbending master statues and and they are and and they are admiring this 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 great master and they're like this this has not been changed i am so happy that 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 there are some things that are still here and then it gets crushed with a wrecking ball <laughs> Because we're watching Avatar. (laughs) And then that is the last straw for Aang. And he uses airbending to push the the wrecking ball and and the, like, crane off of the cliff. Yay. And, um, and, and I hate to say it, but I don't think that that was a overreaction because no, this yeah, has been I mean, building this in this entire episode with with people just taking over his home and he's done a lot worse oh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, it comes from an understandable place i i wholly wholeheartedly agree with that but at the same time it's good because um the mechanic side of things also makes sense and it's pretty easy to sympathize with both sides of the argument oh um, shoot this was something that i that, that i that i totally forgot so um so when um when um when uh teo formally meets ang he sees ang sees his hair bending tattoos and is immediately like oh my gosh you are a real air airbender that must mean that you're the avatar 
and he and and he might be the smartest person in this entire <laughs> world because he's the only one that has made that correlation right <laughs> instantly just oh Airbender, what wow avatar tattoos that i can visibly see Airbender, <laughs> avatar <laughs> oh, sorry I just wanted to mention that because that is just, it has been a pet peeve of mine. That's very true. <laughs> where people just don't get it. Okay. So, um, so, um, Aang is, Aang is, Aang is pissed, throws the crane off of the side of the cliff. Um, the mechanic, uh, uh, the machinist comes in and he, and, and he starts to explain that he's not, trying to like just to like destroy everything he is here because because um the fire nation uh uh pretty much flooded their village ruined everything um killed his killed his wife um and in the like wreckage the flood um teo as a baby lost lost the ability to walk so then he is he is bringing his entire village up up to the northern air 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 temple just like to get away from from the fire nation as as refugees and and he's just there to build a new life for his for his people and he saw these the the these paintings of just like people flying in the air on gliders, and then he found the gliders, and he just wanted to make a make a life where his son, who is not able to walk, would be on equal footing with everyone else. This is all about equality. He is oh. he is trying to make the 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 perfect world for his son, and. And Katara and Sokka are just bawling and just eating this up. <laughs> yeah. Which, which totally I, I would, too. I mean, it yeah, is we really do. sweet. That's so sweet. I don't know, just how he articulated it. it was yeah. Uh, um, and his, like, physicality, just, just with his motions. Yeah. That and Sokka's just into this guy from the get-go. I mean, <laughs> oh, basically his long-lost twin of sorts in terms of being you're like the genius. inventors and yeah <laughs> you know you're a genius oh, thank you you're a genius <laughs> thank you yeah so um so 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 then we we see um we we uh we see the machinist second second invention which is a candle that 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 pops every every hour based on what hour it is and That's pretty cool i don't know how that would work except um, on that hour i don't know but well um cool. <laughs> okay it is it is it, it it is cool because um Basically, he has made the candle in such a way that he knows how long it will take for it, for it, for it, um, to burn. 
So he's able to pretty much have a like sundial inside. So every hour it will get to a point where there's like certain certain like spaced out like kind of like uh spark spark powder I think and and then that will give off that many pops. But I don't know how him looking at it he just knows what time it is because it um, only works every hour well i guess i mean it's just for hour related yeah. purposes like i guess he 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 uh, he had just figured hey it has been almost an hour and i've and i've been waiting and i have really good internal time telling so i am ready for it for it to tell me sure. what time it is <laughs> i don't know uh so uh so the candle pops um he 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 lost three of his th- three of his fingers uh making a like blade making a automatic blade sharpener yeah uh, which ooh. um oh so i mean Sokka immediately is Falls now bffs with this guy so they go check out uh more of the temple and the mechanic shows Sokka a room that's just a bunch of gas um inside of it natural gas but yeah and there's leakages from time to time but the problem is they smell it so um it's hard to tell where it's coming from um and 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 they use firefly lanterns which is so smart mm -hmm. because because they don't actually like it's not flammable because it's not flammable um which Okay, who left all that gas in that room, or how did all get in that room? Was this a product from the Air Nomads at one point? And it just probably they would probably use it for heating and for and for and and for cooking things like that. Um, That's true. And like, um, and like since since they are air since since they are air no 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 nomads, I bet that they had a way of like containing it more and they and they might have had a way of like detecting it using their feelings because mm-hmm. they don't have to see air to move it they don't have to smell air to move that's it that's true they like they just know yeah that's interesting i didn't think of that yeah um so seeing that <laughs> please so zebra oh. crabs can i have one sure they're so <laughs> cute i have had hermit crabs before hermit crabs are not as cute as zebra no. <laughs> yeah with the painted shells and stuff it's cute yeah so teo shows ang a room that has been completely untouched by them in order to, in order to hopefully cheer him up and he's cheered up enough um and they also use hermit crab metaphors in this episode, but I forget what the metaphor was. Oh, I guess it was uh, the creature inside the shell adopted the shell from a dis- a, a air creature from a well, hundred years um, ago. I think. Well, so. uh, well, also, also, these are the same hermit crabs uh, that were here a hundred years ago. These are just like they're the descendants. They are still here. There are there there are there are still things here that. Are, that were here a hundred years ago. This is like there are there are still like threads to the past, um, mm-hmm. which is 
which is why Aang doesn't want to open the sanctuary doors because he wants to keep the last area where no one but the but the previous Aaron but but the previous air air nomads touched. Yeah. At, at least right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then they proceed to go do some um more air gliding. Katara gives it a try. No. Swallows a bug in the process. <laughs> Which that okay, I'd be terrified. There's no seat belts on that thing. Like Give uh, me a rope. Yeah, can I just <laughs> can I have a rope? <laughs> like, I mean, at least Teo's in a wheelchair, which is kind Teo of... Teo has a seat! Yeah, at least he, he gets a fine. seat. <laughs> what, what is everybody else using? <laughs> I mean, fine. I, 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 I mean, Aang is, Aang is fine because he can control air. So if he starts falling, then he'll just, like, be, like, 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 become like a, like a flying squirrel and just kind of flap yeah. his way to safety. But, like, <laughs> What if, like, Katara fell? She's right? done. And, like, how did the mechanic test these? Like, who were the, the lucky guinea pigs that, for this? The same way that he that he tested the automatic blade sharpener. Oh, my God. <laughs> so freaking dangerous. I'm just, like, this is, like, terrifying. And we're sending, like, five-year-olds out on this thing. Yeah, we will talk about that later. Yeah, uh, right. We, we will definitely be talking about. That. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so because Teo has spirit, uh, Aang, Aang, Aang decides that maybe we should go in that sanctuary because uh, Teo has like the spirit of the Airbenders, and this is something that that Aang really wants to share with him. Uh, so, um, while, while this is happening, uh, uh, Asaka and, uh, Asaka and, and the machinists are just having their, like, bromance time, uh, talking about, like, scientific theories, uh, trying, trying, just, um, just, um, trying to make the war of balloon work. Uh, and also trying to figure out how to know where the natural gas is be, 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 because there are leaks every once in a while and they don't want the, in, the, in, the entire temple to blow up. So, so how can they do that, Leslie? Uh, so they decide to use the rotten eggs and stick them in the room. That way, if there's ever a leakage, they'll just smell the rotten eggs. Yeah. That 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 seems like a pretty like good short term. Yeah. Thing. I mean that's kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. You're gonna have to get a lot of rotten eggs. Gotta yeah. get a lot of rotten eggs. Um, also, I I don't really know the smell of rotten eggs, but but um but but does that scent carry that far? Like I like. I mean, it can probably. probably. I mean, I'm just thinking of like spoiled milk, for Oof. instance. Which, oh my gosh, I remember in middle school, somebody left a milk carton in their locker, and uh, yeah. So the whole hallway, which is like a really narrow hallway, since I was in a small school, um, smelled like rotten eggs for like a week 
or oh, not rotten, rotten milk. eggs, boiled milk for a week. It's okay, rough. yeah. I would definitely believe it then. Yeah, so um so so uh both of them have solved the two scientific problems they were trying to. But then um Aang opens up the opens up the sanctuary and realizes that um the machinist isn't just making stuff for his refugees, but he's making weapons for the Fire Nation. No. Da, da, da. Um, a bell, a bell goes off in the in the um machinist's like um inventing room. So so he so he rushes off along with Sokka, following him. Um, Aang is not happy. Uh, Katara's not happy. Nobody's Te- happy. Teo's really, con- really confused. And it turns out, um, the machinist was was kind of forced to make to make weapons for for the Fire Nation, uh, so that they would just leave him and his and and his people alone and if he and if he doesn't then they'll kill them which makes sense but also that really sucks yeah i mean um the machinist is 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 so bright and and if you just think of of like the one product that he that he talked about which is the automatic blade sharpener if if the if the fire nation is actually using that then they are saving so much time to to just make all of their weapons as sharp as possible so that they can just hurt so like so that they can just hurt so many more people and just like pick up pick up like used up weapons and just make them new uh, again i mean i mean that just keeps that like like that keeps the 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 war effort alive and and um and um and teo mentions how he helped make the like tanks that we see later on which are really well built and really scary Mm -hmm. so 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 like but the machinist really really harmed his side by doing this yeah but um they understand where he's coming from and stuff so um they all team up to help fight back against the, uh, the fire nation on this yeah so, so so first um a random a random guy comes be 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 because he really wants the worm, the war balloon, and the weapons they were promised. Um, um, at first, um, Aang and Aang, Aang and Teo high while the like um machinist talks to him, but then Aang is just not having it. Jumps up and is like, "You will leave now," and and they. <laughs> 
and 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 then he slaps him with air and then he lets him go yeah i i i don't know why they just let him go why didn't they tie him up and just leave uh, him there i'm not sure yeah <laughs> and like and like don't say ang doesn't like violence we see you later <laughs> ang is fine with violence and murder <laughs> Uh, like, super fine with it. Yeah. My guess is he just wanted him to tell the rest of the Fire Nation, hey, we're coming for you. Yeah, so um so um they decide that the Fire Nation can't can't um can't control the sky. Uh so uh so they will use smoke, slime, fire and and stink bombs to just like pelt them from the air along with the war balloon which which Sokka with with his super awesome idea you're a genius thank you no no you're a genius thank you uh that like they are they are they are they are finally getting the getting the balloon working um so uh then the major fight of the episode starts where there are a bunch of airborne children on gliders that are given bombs right <laughs> what in the world they all look young they all look like children. yeah these are all kids i did not see one adult on these gliders no i'm like why are they sending out the kids to fight what why <laughs> like what are the adults doing right now <laughs> like yeah so I, uh so we see at, i would guess at least 200 fire nation soldiers walking up to meet them uh and they know where they are exactly <laughs> there is nowhere <laughs> for them for them to go but but they are they are walking up such a narrow cliffside that that when these the the these these kids are throwing non are throwing non lethal bombs. I mean like um smoke ones, slime ones, they just like get like stuck and stuff, stink bombs. People are falling off the mountain. <laughs> when well, Aang yeah, this uh, is when Aang uses his when Aang uses his air ball on top of the of the um of the of the trail, he causes a giant avalanche of of um of um snow to just wipe at least fifty of them out in just like one swoop. Yeah, this is <laughs> People died during this battle, guys. I know that these characters would like to believe that that didn't happen, but like, and they never talk about it, right? Really, I mean, like later, um, Ang, uh, Ang talks about how he like can't kill Fire Lord Ozai. He just <laughs> like can't, and I'm like, what about all of? All of those faceless fire fi- fire nation soldiers that you avalanched off a cliff, right? <laughs> what about them? 
Yeah. Okay, so anyway, the 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 uh the Fire Nation has these really cool tanks that have that have grappling hooks that uh sorry, <laughs> gravity falls. Uh that <laughs> that they oh yeah i remember use, oh my god <laughs> yeah that they use to to um to grab onto the wall and just like climb up straight up which um which makes me think that that um these these tanks have probably been around a while these are probably kind of kind of older designs that they used during the first like airbender siege or they are just like used or or they thought to to use them for like earthbender strongholds that have that have really tall walls because they have so many of them mm-hmm. and they're so well trained and so well like like well used and they're really cool um uh, one thing that I thought was was super neat was that um there are there are these like uh fire spurts that are coming out of them and and um it isn't from the actual tank. There is there is just a Fire Nation soldier in there that is doing fire banding outside of the window. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. They're firebenders. Yeah, it's cool. About like firepower because oh. they have people that can do it. Yep, it's pretty sweet. They have to make those uh, employing those unemployed, <laughs> opening up a lot of job opportunities. Pretty yeah. cool. Making a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a job. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they end up beating them eventually. Mm. It's an okay fight, honestly. Like. It's not the one of the most memorable ones. Huh? The war balloon comes. Yeah, the war balloon comes, which is cool. Um, Sokka saves the day again. Sokka's awesome. I love Sokka. Mm-hmm. Um, yay, so they win. And yeah. then proceeds to jinx themselves, saying, as long as we have the skies, <laughs> we'll have the Fire Nation on the run. <laughs> Thanks, Sokka. Then-, then we cut to <laughs> the Fire Nation picking up or discovering the remnants of their war balloon which, which which they had to sacrifice in order to uh to pretty much bomb yeah. everyone <laughs> on the mountain uh-huh so which... uh so uh first they are using giant non-lethal slime slime bombs that are, that are just keep everyone in place okay and then and then Sokka has the brilliant idea, actually brilliant idea, uh, to to use the war to you to use the war balloons like fire engine to as a bomb be because he because he smells rotten eggs below him and knows that there is a crevice. That leads to the natural gas reservoir. So they're just gonna burn all of it up in just one foul swoop. Yay. And no one died. The end. Yeah. <laughs> no one died somehow. <sighs> and because no one died somehow, they come <sighs> and then uh, 
Warbler. And it's like, they're retreating. And I'm like, yeah, because they're because they are the 20 people left. Everyone else is dead. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the remaining 20 people discovered the Warbler. Which, that sucks because that bites them in the ass a couple times in book three. Like, book three is when they come back full force with bigger, badder, better war balloons. Technology, yeah. Um, they first appear during Day of Black Sun, which is pretty much the moment oh, where they realize, sorry. oh shit, this invasion failed. Like, we gotta retreat because, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> and then, you know, I see them a couple of times later with just random people riding around in them. Uh, Azula shows up at one point with a giant <laughs> uh, war balloon. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those things become pretty bad. Uh, as far as our heroes, for our heroes goes, anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah. So that concludes the episode. A good ominous way to end it. It's weird because, like, because this episode was kind of forgettable. I kind of forgot that um, that bombshell of, oh yeah, this is how the Fire Nation got the war balloons that we see in Book Three. Um, also, how it happens. But, also later, I've. I would forget, but like, do they ever mention if if um if the fire ma- if, if the fire nation comes back or not? Because I don't they, think they do. Be because to me, this is just the one battle so that everyone can leave. Because if they stay there, the fire nation will just come back and just crush them. Mm-hmm. I think just sad. my guess is they scared them off to some degree or just or realize that oh man now that we have the awesomeness that is this war balloon we have a lot more a lot better things to worry about than yeah and we just don't care anymore yeah because we got what we wanted anyway which mm-hmm. is the war balloon yep so yeah. yikes um um remember no one no one died this episode everything's great yeah I think my problem with it, the more I, I think about it in terms of why I don't, why this episode doesn't have as big of an impact as I would like it to, because it's got a good theme, is, I don't know, I feel like the final battle didn't really combine the two perspectives like it yeah. could have. Like, it basically said, progress wins because look at all this technology that we use to beat, like, the... um the, the fire, fire bad guy right which is all which also has a lot of technology mm-hmm. yeah and like there was really no compromise of sort i guess i mean i gather yeah, the air gliders but i don't know like i i feel like that conflict was never really what was well, I guess it was resolved, but I guess it just didn't hit as hard. Yeah, like it, I don't know. I think they could have been clever with the fight scene at the end, especially because I mean, if you've seen this show, they get really clever with their fights, guys. So yeah. that I'm not, ex- yeah. <laughs> so this shouldn't be too hard for them to do. But yeah, uh. there was there was just something missing from this episode, mm-hmm. but I but I can't put my finger yeah. on it same like it's <laughs> it's gonna drive me insane because like after i watched the episode i'm like it's a good episode but i'm just like why don't i ever remember this episode and like, maybe why do i just feel 
indifferent about it at the end of it, despite well, it having an interesting theme. Like, well, you feel indifferent because they feel indifferent. I mean, this episode doesn't really come up again. Yeah, yeah, they they like lost the war balloon, um, but but they don't talk of, but they don't really have a have a moment of wow we we had to do these terrible things to like protect our family this is really sad or or um or 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 like even like um the machinist he never really has a moment of like apology or like disgust yeah Mm -hmm. and everyone's kind of fine with it after he is like ah okay i yeah i I will help you guys it was kind of like the push more for it felt more like the push for ang has to accept progress rather than the uh the earth refugees have to accept the importance of the past yes i guess maybe yeah and i or the reality of the war yeah it is it is it is a like lake low guy type of thing where all of these people are so high up and they and and they don't really think about the war that is happening they're like making making um bathhouses because the person that is that is leading them is is making a lot of sacrifices of other people's safety for the safety of the people that are that are um that are um, around him but but we never see that they are they are just seeing what is in was in their little air temple and and, and it's kind of like a like lake loci situation where they don't know what is really happening because they're just being lied to and there's and like they 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 kind of hit on it. Um, Teo's Teo's really upset, but mm-hmm. then it kind of gets brushed off. And I think that if that if there was more of that hit, maybe. Yeah, and like it's weird because part of me feels like um, this theme actually kind of gets carried over a little bit into the next episode. Yeah, to some degree because it's progress re- versus it's the reverse history. thing how the past can uh you know be destructive to can be damaging to other people instead of the opposite of yeah as to how, like how progress can be damaging to other people huh, so it's kind of a, a reverse situation yeah. that is a that's a good thought i've i think we are having so so many issues with this episode because there is such like a like a good structure that mm-hmm. that if they got the details right, yeah, it would have been a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. But it's just fine. Like structurally, like this thing is perfectly fine. You know, like the writing is fine, the characters are fine, funny moments, the debates are fine. Moments. But there's no wow moment for me. There's not like that moment that comes in so many other um, Avatar episodes where it feels like you're punched by emotion. Yeah. Which I think this episode could have had the potential to be more like, I don't, yeah. But 
It's interesting. Yeah. This was a good conversation. Yeah. What do you know? We can't talk about a lot of stuff in the episode. <laughs> in about an hour as usual. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We always end up talking for way too long. Mm-hmm. And but we hope y'all okay. love it. <laughs> if not, we're having fun. Yeah, we're that's having all a good that matters. Time. Uh-huh. <laughs> we love you too, but also yeah. we're having fun. Yeah, mostly we're having fun. It's great. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, tune in next week when we talk about book one, chapter eighteen, the Waterbending Master finally making it to the North Pole. It's a home stretch of book one, guys. So it's only going to ramp up from here. So it, it is. It is going to get really cool. Oh, oh God. Yeah. yeah. That one was pretty ice, right? Oh no. Oh. Yeah. Before we get into pun territory any more than we already have, uh, stay flaming. <laughs> Flame you, hot man. Flame stay you. Cool. Oh. Bye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.